welcome to the Mastering College to Career Podcast, where we're here to help you land your dream job. So if at any time during this episode you find any value, please make sure you take a screenshot and you share it with a friend. And don't forget, make sure you leave us a review on iTunes. That will mean the world. So without further ado, enjoy this episode. Welcome, welcome back to this episode of the Mastering College to Career Podcast. Today, I have an amazing guest for you. You guys are going to love this. We're going to dive into a different way of looking at education in college, as well as talk about leadership, which is so crucial. And to do that, I brought in somebody that I, you know, I've heard a lot about. He's very well known in the Orlando community, and I'm just so excited to have him on the show. I have Sam Terrell with me today. He is the founder and president of Divergent U. So Sam, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Sam, I'm excited, man. But for the audience that might not know you, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So I am the founder and president of Divergent U, as you mentioned, which is an alternative school for creators and visionaries to bring their visions into reality, finding a way to make money pursuing their passion. Um, There's a lot we could go into with my story as to how I got into that and how I started. I'm only 25 years old, so... Um, there's definitely a lot we can get into. So let's talk a little bit about yourself. Like when did you go to college? How did you start your business? I know that before you even started this, you even started another type of business. So let's, let's, let's learn a little bit about you before diving into diverging you and leadership. Sure. So I started my first business, which is called Hoop Brothers. When I was 18 years old, uh, I was a huge Uh, Basketball was a huge passion of mine growing up, so everything that I did was around basketball. I didn't have the opportunity to play college basketball, and so Hoop Brothers was an opportunity for me to help players that didn't have that opportunity like me to have a scholarship to play college. So the vision of Hoop Brothers was to help high school basketball players earn scholarships for college. Started very, very small when I was 18 years old, just picked up a video camera, figured out how to film, figured out how to edit, and created highlight videos for players to send to college coaches. Uh, Over the years, it grew. We built it from a small one-man operation where I was making maybe $2,000 the first year that I ran it to a quarter-million-dollar company with over 250 videographers throughout the U.S., contracts in New Zealand, throughout the world, different places where we are now helping high school players make the transition to college into the U.S. Uh, That business is still operating. Uh, I'm still part of the day-to-day operations on a smaller level, but I have a team in place who manages and runs most of the operations of that business. And so what got you or created the idea of you know, creating an alternative way of education? So through Hoop Brothers and through mentoring a lot of students around entrepreneurship, I saw a lot of patterns. And one of the biggest patterns is the mindset, the approach, the way people are looking at Um, education and the way they're looking at their lives is very convergent style thinking where there's a quote-unquote right way to go about things. There's a way you should do things. And in the world that we live in today, that reality is not um, true. It's not reinforced by what the tools that we have access to within social media, within the internet, the people that we have access to. We can connect globally in an instant and it allows us to be different thinkers, divergent thinkers, creators. And so through mentoring a lot of students one-on-one, through internships that I had with Hoop Brothers, I developed a program around divergent leadership, which is a uh, 
something that I've taken to students, taken to businesses to show them how they can grow as an individual, how they can grow as a company um, in a very holistic way um, that is transformative extremely quickly. And so from that, I built Divergent U and we're running our first group of students this summer. It's only 12 students to start out, so very small and growing from there into the fall and into the spring to really see if some of these practices can be as effective as we believe they can be. And so you talk about, you know, starting out with 12 students, but if I'm a student and I want to enroll, you know, in this different type of university per, per se, what, what, I, what do I expect? Like, what do you, what do you want the students to walk away from and achieve? So it's very much individualized to the student. Every single student will get a personalized roadmap where we start with their values. Values is who are you? Uh, how do you want to be is a question I ask a lot of people. And it's not a question that has a specific answer. It's a question a lot of people are confused by. But what I really mean when I ask that question is how do you want to operate? What do you want your operating system to be? So we focus a lot around states of transformation, going from trapped to free, going from unhealthy to healthy, going from asleep to awake as far as how you operate in the world and the decisions that you make. So take unhealthy to healthy, for example. People think that healthy means you're in perfect shape, you've got abs, you have um, the perfect routine, but being healthy is not the end result. That is a byproduct of being healthy. Being healthy just means making healthy decisions, which is in your operating system. So that means I am a healthy person the moment I decide that I'm going to eat healthy, the moment I decide I'm going to work out. I am now operating from a healthy space. My external world will reflect that after the fact if I continue to operate from that space. So first, we help students get very clear on that, on their values. How do you wanna be? How do you wanna operate? What is the mentality that you wanna bring into the world? And then we hold them accountable to that. Second is establishing what do you wanna to contribute to the world? So for each individual student, what do you wanna bring into this world? What do you wanna create that can benefit not only you, but others as well? Um, filtering that then through what their goals are. Those are measurable. Contribution to the world is very macro vision. I want to contribute a change to the education system. That's a very macro vision. There's not a lot of grounding to that. So then we give them tangible goals to say, what is the measurable you can have on that? For example, I want to have 12 students for my summer group. I want to have 48 students for my fall group. Those are measurable, tangible things that we can look at in a frame of time. Um, and that's just using me as an example. And then we look at process. How do we achieve that goal? Process is really what curriculum is in school. And right now it's very convergent, meaning it's a one size fits all formula where every single student should take this class, do this thing, when 95% of that information is not really needed. So what we develop as a curriculum is completely based on that student's values, that student's goals, and then creating a process to reach those goals, which we're then putting them through. Why do you think like current university or, cur or current education system doesn't teach students so much as the mindset in the beginning, as well as being able to customize the curriculum? So when we look back to when college was created, it was created to build the perfect employee. It was created to create convergent thinkers who could fulfill specific jobs. In the world today, it has transformed very rapidly over the past 20, 15, 10, even five years, where technology is taking a lot of those convergent thinking jobs. If there's a specific solution that needs to be reached, technology is much better at 
using all the variables and getting to that answer faster than we are. And that's scaring a lot of people because they're seeing a lot of these jobs that are getting taken, even driving. There's a lot of self-automated cars and things like that that could be um, taken and are being taken by technology, which can be scary, but it also means that we now have an opportunity to be more divergent, more creative, more human, uh, and look at the things that we do better, which is creativity, that's innovation, that's empathy, that's connection between people. And so because college and the way that it is, and there's so much structure to it, I don't think it's had a chance to respond as quickly as necessary to the changes of the environment that have already happened. And so what are some of those, like, let, let's, let's talk about what are some skills that you think are, are going to be so essential for the future, like essentially are future proof that are going to be very hard for machines or technology to take over. Like we talk about, you, you mentioned car driving is like the number one profession in the United States is drive. And there's already the technology that can eliminate that if the United States government wanted to within a year, right? Like they could just say, Hey, it's legal to have automated cars. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And so. I think I've heard so many articles talk about how the government's slowing that down because what would they do with so many people unemployed right right, overnight? But what do you think are some skills that cannot be replaced by technology, at least in our lifetime? So I look at this from a leadership standpoint. I think what technology is empowering us to do is become leaders because now not as many people are required to run a company or to run an operation because technology can fill a lot of those roles, which means a lot more of us can become the leaders and the creators at the forefront of things. Uh, I look at leadership in two ways. You have convergent leadership and divergent leadership. So if you picture you're in the unknown, you're surrounded by darkness, what the convergent leader will do is they'll look for a flashlight. Flashlight is how do I find the path? How do I find the way? A divergent leader will use a paintbrush. So they aren't looking for the path. They are creating the path. And so all three are necessary. The three being the divergent leader who creates the path, the convergent leader who sheds light on the path and follows the path, and then the people behind them who are following along that path to get us to that end destination. I believe that a lot more divergent leadership will be necessary and is necessary uh, for people to be creative and for people to develop and create their own path, which then others can be a part of as well. So how much of Divergent You is teaching Divergent Leadership? Uh, it's, it's definitely a huge piece of the curriculum throughout. Uh, the way it's structured is we have a workshop at the beginning of every single class period. We cover different topics on both the mindset and the tangible grounding. So we talk about leadership. It's a little more intangible. It's a little more emotional intelligence based. Then we'll talk about authentic selling. So that's a more grounded skill of how to sell. Um, we look at how to build a community. That's a little bit more grounded. That's focusing on marketing, social media type of stuff, but also how to build a community uh, in your personal life as well, because your community and who you surround yourself with is extremely important. So even in the tangible, we are teaching the intangibles of the leadership and the authenticity and a lot of those different skills bleed over into everything that we do. So I would say it's a very large portion of the the class is about divergent thinking and divergent leadership, and we teach everything through the lens of those two things. Do you think, you know, so I talk about this a lot with some of my, you know, peers, especially in, you know, in the talent acquisition area. There's, you know, our high school systems right now are, you know, really designed to help people go to college. And like, even to the point that some, even some school districts 
uh, have different funding levels depending on what percentage of those students not only graduate but go to college. And so the problem that we're facing now, and I'm not sure if you're aware of this problem, but there's like about 6 million jobs right now open in the United States. But over 5 million of those jobs are trade jobs. They're jobs that you don't need a college degree. They're the electrician, the plumber, the mechanics. Right. Um, and because our education system has really pushed college so much and has looked negatively on trade school, we have this huge deficit in, in the amount of p- people that can go to work and do this job. So there's a huge need like to the point where you can go and do, go to trade school and finish in less than two years and make almost double than what a four-year degree student would make. For sure. Right? So where do you see Diverge you play? Is it something that you do right out of college or right out of high school? Or Let's talk about that. Sure. So Divergent U's target is people who want to freelance or run their own life their way. It's about freedom. It's mapping to the opportunity for you to have the ability to make money doing something that you enjoy. Now, that's typically business, but that could be freelancing. That could be somebody who's a photographer. I'll talk to you about some of the students that we have now. I have one of our students. His name is CJ. He is a professional dunker. He dunks a basketball for a living. So when I met him, he was very shy. He was very uh, introverted. And a lot of it was developing his confidence, continuing to help him grow and build. And now he puts on shows, he performs, and he gets paid to travel to Africa, to Utah, to Europe. He's been featured on huge uh, TNT TV shows, Dunking. Um, And so we're helping him to further develop and build out what that looks like in a world that professional dunking is not really a profession until about five years ago. So it's very much at the forefront of what he's doing. So a lot of it is creation and innovation and trying and failing and testing new things. Uh, So what Divergent U focuses on isn't necessarily specific skills or trades to get a job. It's more about setting yourself up for an opportunity to do something that you love, whether that's building a million dollar company or something as simple as I want to be a photographer and I want to um, take pictures for a living and pay my bills through what I love and be in charge of my own schedule, my own life. Uh, there's absolutely a space where both Divergent U and a lot of the college things that exist and trade schools collaborate together. Divergent U's lane within that is for the creators, the entrepreneurs, the visionaries who have that itch and know they want to bring something meaningful into this world and don't know where to start, don't know uh, the path to get there. Maybe they have an idea, maybe they've already started, but they need to expand it. Uh, and so as far as the timing wise, I think Divergent use an excellent opportunity for anyone directly out of high school to get clear first on their values and their goals. And if mapping to their goals means they need to go to college, Divergent U would push them to go to college to finish that out and figure out what that is or push them to go to a trade school depending on what their values are, what their goals are, what they want to contribute to the world. Uh, And we see it as well with college graduates who are coming out and don't know, wow, I went to college for four years. I'm a little bit lost on my journey. Uh, I don't know what I want to do, but I have some skills. I have some things that matter to me, but I don't know how to apply that in a way to make money. Uh, So Divergent use for anyone from that point, or I'm already running this business, it's making some money a little bit, but I want to expand and be able to make it my full-time job and my full-time opportunity. So those are the different areas in which we're really operating. 
I think it's so interesting. I had an earlier guest on the podcast. His name is Dr. Chaz. And he talked about the gig economy and how in the future, most companies are going to go away from hiring so many full-time employees and focusing more on hiring individuals to fulfill projects. And that makes me think a lot about the, the individuals that have helped me build my brand, like my graphic designer, my website designer, my videographer, the photographer, all these individuals that are so talented at their art and their craft, but they're not they struggle in the running a business aspect, like how to market themselves or how to how to charge properly for their services. Cause, exactly. Um, and so I think that's there's definitely such a need, and I, I think there's a bigger need in the creative aspect. As you know, you have these companies like Fiverr or Ninety Nine Design, which are people make a living and a career out of working there, and they're great. Right? I use Fiverr all the time for my business, but. You can make so much more money as a freelancer, but the, the problem why those platforms are doing so well is because those individuals don't know how to do that marketing for them. Exactly. And so they, they rely on these platforms. But if one thing that I've learned is that you should not put all your eggs in one basket. It's like what I, they say all the time about the Instagram influencers. If Instagram goes away tomorrow, what happens? And I can speak to that as a personal testament, as an example. Hoot Brothers, as I said, we've done over a quarter million in revenue last year. Uh, one of our biggest accounts at one point was over 80% of our revenue. And with anything outside of our control, they dropped off by more than 50%. And that was completely on their marketing and different things that they were doing. And so it took a huge hit on us because that was 80% of our total revenue. So putting all of our eggs in that basket, obviously we were trying to find different ways, but not enough to diversify our income from just that one thing. And them having such a plummet really affected us. We had to lay people off. Not fun. So we definitely learned from that, grew from that. And everybody that's a part of Hoop Brothers has been, um, it's very much a family culture. So everybody understands and we've had those conversations, but that's difficult to go through when you experience that. And going through some of those failures definitely reinforced those more basic lessons. Like don't put all your eggs in one basket. Interesting. It's funny, you know, how much the education system is going to be forced to change in the future. And those conversations are still going on. It's like that is one of the biggest things I get asked is like, is going to college still the same, give you the same return investment as it did 20 years ago. And I think for me, the answer has always been, it really depends on what you want to do. Like if you want to be a doctor, there's no other place you have have to go to to, college. yeah. Yeah. Like you have to be an, if you want to be a lawyer, you know, a lot of the technical skills sometimes have to go through there. But in general, like business is always a debate. Like, do you need to go to college to start your own business or or different things like that? Um, I find it interesting when there's new innovative solutions that are coming, like what you're creating. Or I don't know if you've heard about I forgot the name of the company, but it, what they do is that it's completely free and it's only a, a one year long. And it's free. And what they do, instead of you paying for it, they'll help you find a job. Mm, I've heard of that. Yeah. Um, and if you're not making, if you're ma- if you're not making more than fifty thousand dollars, you never have to pay a dime back. But if you make more than fifty thousand dollars, they take five percent for the first five years yeah. to pay for the college. Yeah, I think programs like that are absolutely. Um, amazing. I think that even things that are being done on the education sector to expand and to grow, everyone sees the problems. We can talk about that all day. You mean, you have a lot of the stats on that that we've talked about, um, just as far as the percentages of graduates. Um, No, and I think you're going to continue to see that education system change. So I'm happy that, you know, you're in the, in the, 
like a pioneer essentially in, in some of this process and procedures. I think one thing I think students need to understand is don't let school get in the way of your education. Definitely. A hundred percent. And uh, really mapping to your values. Uh, I was meeting with a, a student a couple days ago. Her name is Jenna and she was struggling with confidence. I think that's the thing that a lot of students struggle with. They're told you should do this, you should do this, you should do this. Then you enter the college realm and you become an adult. And so many of the things that we were told as kids aren't necessarily true. And you get a little bit lost along the journey because everyone's pointing you in different directions, which is what I mean by convergent thinking is there's a right way you should do. And we're looking for that right way constantly, which really messes with our confidence. Um, And speaking with her, talking to her about how to filter those decisions, starting with the values, then going to your goals, and then developing a process. Meaning, when the question comes up, what should I do in your head? How do you approach that? And that starts with, does this align with the operating system that I want to have? That's the first question. If the answer is no, then you don't do it. If it is yes, then you move on. Next question, does this align with what I want to contribute to the world? The answer is yes, continue. Does this hurt any of the goals that I have? Is this a detriment to any of the tangible goals I have? If the answer is yes, you stop there. You don't do it. If the answer is no, continue on. It's even better if it supports those goals. And then is this the process that I want to take? And if the answer to all of those questions is in alignment, then it's definitely something to do. And if it's not, maybe you should stop and you should look at that. But what those values are, what those goals are, are all your choice. There isn't a right thing for you to do. There isn't a right way for you to operate. There isn't a right goal for you to have. That is your choice. And that's the part that I think most of us struggle with is choosing that when there's an abundance of opportunity, when you can pick anything and I say, do what you want, it's very difficult to address that. So we have to give ourselves space to try and fail and try and fail, pick something and fail. In college, being a four-year program doesn't give people that quick opportunity to try and fail. It says you have to have this for four years and then you get into that job and you realize, I don't like this. You should be able to test that within the first week, within the first month. And so Divergent U is only a 13-week program. And those 13 weeks uh, won't be preparing you for the next thing. It will be putting you into the next thing and immersing you into that environment throughout the course of the semester. So by the end, you aren't hey, I've learned all these things and I can now apply it. You're applying it the day of. Our students are taking what they're learning in marketing, applying it to their brand later that day. So it isn't just information and then application later. It's information and application immediately in that moment, which is personalized to every single student. Ah, wow, that is that is so amazing. Sam, so we're, we're almost kind of towards the end of the podcast, and I do want to talk about leadership. I know that um, you do a lot of leadership talking, you, you do leadership coaching. What is your definition of leadership? Ooh, definition of leadership is being authentic and being curious. Uh, I think if you have both of those components at the same time, uh, it allows you to have... <clears throat> Actually, rewind that. <laughs> you're um, fine, you're fine. <clears throat> So just start off with like, what yeah, is the yeah. definition of leadership? Yeah, let me think on that for a second. Um, can I get some more water? Yeah, absolutely. So I wouldn't say a specific definition of leadership, but what I will say is a description of what I believe leadership is. I believe leadership is fuel. Leadership is adding fuel to a fire, whether that's your own or someone else's. 
And that could be as small of a spark where it's just barely visible, or that could be a, a raging inferno of passion of what that's about. But leadership is being able to add fuel to someone's fire and inspire them to continue upon that flame that they have, whether that's, again, yourself or others. And so when you speak in front of an audience and you're speaking on leadership, what are some of the big takeaways you want them to walk away from? So there are really five things I speak on within leadership, and that is authenticity, which is the most important foundation, being yourself, um, allowing yourself to feel what you actually feel, not what you're supposed to feel, being able to speak on that. Uh, one is confidence. So having the confidence, and confidence doesn't mean that you're good at something. Confidence means that you're confident in where you are. I think a lot of people associate confidence with talent. I'm confident that I'm good. You can also be confident that you're bad. You can be confident in knowing, I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know how to do that. And you can say that with confidence. Third, which is one that a lot of people struggle with, is authority. Uh, authority and the word power, both of those words have somewhat of a negative connotation to people because it's seen as controlling. And you can have authority without controlling. Authority is not about controlling other people. It's about controlling yourself. It's about setting clear and established boundaries, which is something that a lot of us struggle to do, and establishing clear and established expectations. Um, fit fourth on that is empathy, having empathy and balancing empathy with authority, being able to give others the space to feel pain, to feel the things that they feel, and not judging it, not condemning it, not instantly trying to change it. As a society, we look at pain and we see pain as something that is bad, that needs to be flipped and to be good right away. Um, but if we allow ourselves to sit in that pain, we allow pain to exist just for the point that it is, rather than saying, how can we make this a positive thing, when in reality, sometimes it's just a bad thing. Uh, but being able to accept that, sit with it, allow it to be there, and then encourage the getting up. So what I say is don't sit with people while they're down. I'm sorry, don't help people up when they're down. We sit with them when they're down. So we're not trying to carry people. We're not trying to pick people up. We're trying to sit with them. Let them know you are not alone in this rather than, oh, that's not real. That bad thought that you have is, is not real. Let's change that. Do you want to change that? How are you? How are you feeling? And listening first and then trying to transform that if that's what they want. Um, that's number four. And then number five is problem solving. Being able to look at the world through a divergent lens, um, being able to see limitations as an opportunity rather than a barrier. When you hit a limitation, when you hit the question, uh, when you answer a question, I don't know, that's a huge opportunity for you to learn. Most of us only position our goals in the realm of what we currently know. So what I mean by that is I know how to... Um, write a paper or whatever it is. If you have a specific goal that you understand and you know how you'll do that, then you can position it in your goals. But if it's something that you don't understand, if I said, if someone said to me, how are you going to build a school? For example, when I first said I was going to do it, when I first set out a goal to do it, I didn't know how I was going to do it. And so if you're able to set goals outside of what you currently understand, it forces you to learn something. It forces you to grow. So when you hit, I don't know, that's not an excuse for you to stop. That is a huge opportunity for you to step into that and to learn something new and to grow into something new. So 
problem solving comes with being able to accept failure because you're going to first test and you're going to make a mistake. It's creating a hypothesis and saying, was this right or was this wrong? How do we learn from it? How do we get on this um, when we're creating new solutions? Wow. Like I, I was trying to take some notes on what he was saying so that I could have some follow-up questions, but that was so powerful. Like that, all, all those fives were powerful. And the funny part is that I don't know that if somebody were to ask me what is my definition of leadership that I would name half of that list. But after you explain it the way you explain it, they make perfect sense, um, which which is amazing. Um, Sam, how does a student that wants to connect with you, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Best way to connect from, with me is either through social media. Uh, it's just my name, Sam Terrell, on every platform. You can also send me an email, Sam Terrell, T-A-R-E-L-L, Sam Terrell at gmail.com. Um, and feel free to check out Divergent U's Instagram as well and Facebook. It's Divergent U, the letter U, school on Instagram and Divergent-U on Facebook. Love it. And, and Sam, I can't thank you enough, man. This has been an amazing episode. Like, I love learning more about everything that you're doing. You know, I've, I've heard from multiple people in the last year that I needed to get you on this podcast and it was about time, so I'm glad it worked out. But Sam, one last question, right? Sure. If there's one thing that you want a student listening to this podcast to take away from this episode, what would that be? That anything is possible. Uh, I think the belief that anything is possible is an operating system that I choose to operate from, whether it's real or not, doesn't matter. It's the fact that I believe that anything's possible that pushes me to create new things and establish my position in the world in a way that reinforces that belief because I operate from within it. So if you want to believe that anything is possible and you currently don't, the best way to do that is to surround yourself with content and with people that reinforce that belief to you. I have friends who are doing really inspiring and powerful things. I'm giving a TED talk in a couple of days uh, about Divergent You, about Divergent Leadership. I have several other people who are on that stage with me. So the people that I surround myself with are reinforcing that anything's possible because they're doing things that inspire me. And in top of that, the content that you consume, what do you follow on social media? What do you watch on TV? What do you put into your body from a consumption standpoint, not just in your food, but in your information intake? What is your reality reinforcing to you? So if you wanna change that, you have to change the environment. That's what Divergent You is doing for students is we're creating an immersive environment that gives that reality of anything is possible and every single student is pushing that belief every single day. So anything is possible is the one takeaway that I would hope anybody could get from this and that's the one thing that I will fight for and push and try to reinforce my entire life and that's really what Divergent U is built on. Wow. Um, Sam, you mentioned you know, about surrounding yourself with the right people that have that, you know, that anything is possible mindset. But I remember, um, and maybe I'm opening up a little bit to my podcast audience, which what I'm about to say is, there was a point in my life that I just felt like I needed to surround myself with different people, right? People that thought had the same growth mindset that I had to. But for about a year and a half, I struggled to, to find those people because one thing I realized is that I personally was not the type of person that those people want to hang around with. So I struggled with that. I, I even remember talking to my wife and said, I downloaded Bumble for best friend. Mm. just because I, I really want to try to surround myself with like-minded think, uh, thinkers. And it took me about a year, a year and a half to kind of change 
the the people that I spend the most of my time with, which then help you know reinforce that mindset. Yeah. But what advice you might have for students that you know might have started listening to this podcast a couple months ago, understand and see the value of having a growth mindset, but maybe the friends that they're hanging around with are the same friends that they had in high school and they're having that problem of balancing their the the people that they want to hang around with in the future and then their old friends. Sure. So I have some really good advice for that. Uh, I think you have two options. You can find a community that inspires you, that encourages you, that aligns with a lot of the things that you enjoy. So you can seek out communities that already exist. Or if you can't find that, you can build your own. And so one of the things that we're doing at Divergent U is we're empowering our students to host live events in the Divergent U space around whatever they want. So one of our students is a producer. He produces music. He wants to get around more artists, more producers, more people within his um, passion and within his industry. We're funding the the post that will boost the event that he hosts live to get producers there. We're putting money behind that. If you don't have the money to put behind that or build that community, um, it starts by simply stating what you want, by saying, I want to be a part of this community. You can even put that on your social media. I'm looking for this. Looking for recommendations is a thing that exists on Facebook that you can say. So if you're lost, don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask people that you know personally, people that you maybe you haven't talked to in a while. A lot of us have barriers where we feel like, ah, maybe I shouldn't ask this question. Maybe I shouldn't talk to this person. Um, but don't be afraid to ask if you don't know how to find that community or how to build that community. But those are really your options. Seek out a community that already exists within your passion and become a part of it or try to start and spark a community of your own, even if that's five people. I love it. I think as a student, my advice for that question is join student organizations that believe in something that you believe in because it's a really quick way to uh, join a community where you're going to be feel welcome from the day start. And in my opinion, that is one of the biggest, if not the biggest benefit of college is the community that you have around you. Uh, not as much, I don't see as much value in the coursework. Um, I think that a lot of it, like the, the degree benefits you when you have that piece of paper, but the biggest thing that you can take away from your college experience if you're in college is the people around you. So what I tell students that I speak to is if you're spending $900 per class, run the math, see how much it costs you per class, get that value out of that class to pay for it. Meaning if I'm spending $900 and there's 50 other students in that class, one of those other students should be a part of something I'm doing in the future that brings me $900 worth of value or I should be getting information that's gonna make me $900 worth of value. If you see it in that way where you're investing into yourself, you'll start talking to a lot more people because every single person in that room is an opportunity for you to not only make um, your you know, business goals or professional goals, but to connect with other like-minded people. College is an environment of people who are looking for personal development and looking for growth and looking for their passion. They're in the same space as you are when it comes to trying to find yourself. So don't be afraid to to talk to your neighbors or you talk to your uh, classmates, talk to those communities and definitely seek out um, some of those clubs and organizations that exist that align with what you really care about. Sam, you've been such an amazing guest. Thank you so much. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode and catch you guys on the next one. Have a great day.
If you're listening to me right now, you, my friend, have made it to the end of the podcast. I want to take some time to thank you and congratulate you for being different and taking control of your career, doing things like listening to this podcast, putting yourself out there and building the experience needed to land your dream job is what's going to set you apart and not be just another statistic. So great job. Keep it up. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with your friends and make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Talk to you soon.